Informed Dissent, the intersection of healthcare and politics, with Dr. Jeff Barkey, board-certified primary care physician, and Dr. Mark McDonald, board-certified child, adolescent, and adult psychiatrist. Well, great to be with you on another episode of Informed Dissent. Normally, I would welcome my co-host, Mark McDonald, uh, but he is not available to join us tonight. I think he's, I don't know, he's in the Bahamas or something vacationing. We'll have to give him a hard time when he uh, when he comes back with the next podcast. Uh, but we've got a fantastic guest to bring to you today, somebody who is in the middle of the fight, the fight for our country, the fight for liberty, and the fight for freedom. And that's Warner Mendenhall, and he's an attorney based out of Ohio uh, that is uh, providing his services to many of the freedom fighters that are working to end this tyranny. So Warner, welcome to Informed Dissent. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So nice to see you. Um, you're coming from Ohio. I'm here in Southern California, uh, kind of a bi-coastal uh, podcast here tonight. So great to have you on. So tell us a little bit about what you do and how you got into this fight for freedom. Well, I, I think what happened is a natural outgrowth of my practice. Uh, I Essentially, we are a government and corporate accountability practice, meaning that we litigate over the power of corporations and the power of local governments, state governments, and federal government. And I've done that since the 1990s. So it's sort of a natural segue into this. You know, what I saw coming on very quickly was an overwhelming amount of governments, you know, getting out of their lane and taking on authority that they really don't have. And, um, you know, just proceeding and overwhelming employers, uh, employees, uh, you know, local citizens in every way. Um, I, I can start from the beginning in terms of our lawsuits, uh, if you want. I mean, we've all experienced it uh, to some extent. Of course, even me in the medical field, there's been a lot of overreach. And we've, Mark and I have talked about this extensively. Uh, but I don't think there's a business that has been immune from this tyranny, of course, initially, um, stores were completely shut down by the government without any due compensation or any uh, legal um, process whatsoever. They were just flat out shut down. Um, right. And and then these regulations that have come on down from employer mandates for vaccines and testing to government mandates uh, trying to do the same thing. So sure, start where you'd like and and tell us about some of the fights that you're in the middle of? Well, uh, one of the very first cases was exactly that, a business shutdown case. Uh, we represented a, a small bar uh, kind of around the corner from my house called the Highland Tavern in Akron, Ohio. And, you know, they can't, the Department of Liquor Control, which has no health authority whatsoever and no expertise on health, decided that bars should be shut down at 10 p.m., even though they had licenses that were granted by the state to stay open to 1 p.m. Now that may not seem like a lot, but that seriously impacts the business of these small small businesses. And this happened to be a family-run business as well. Uh, that case actually is currently on appeal to the Ohio Supreme Court. We've been through two years of litigation. Um, and, and basically our theory is just simply that that administrative body that oversees liquor licenses because it didn't have the authority to do this, should not have done that. And that bar should have been allowed to stay open within the boundaries of its liquor license. That was the very first case that we took on almost two years ago now, uh, dealing with the business shutdown. 
And as things have rolled forward, I mean, we've we've adjusted. There have been different cases that have arisen. Um, you know, kind of the next big set of litigation was uh, an issue with a health department that actually, in uh, a school district, that actually charged a young lady criminally for violating quarantine. And under Ohio law, if you're going to be quarantined, the health department and the director of a health department has to issue a signed order. No signed order was ever uh, was ever provided. No signed order was uh, given to her. And then we managed to get that case dismissed because of the lack of a signed order. That health department had no authority, had no power to do it. They had faxed over a sheet to a school and had and declared that this young lady's child should be removed from school. She objected, uh, and and then they uh, issue, issued uh, you know a, a summons to court. <laughs> so that was one of our one of our early cases as well. I'm very proud of that uh, young young lady for standing up and fighting for her rights. Uh, it was a very scary time for her, as you can imagine. Uh, beyond that, then uh, you know we saw Biden's you know, mandates come down. And in history, uh, you know, I'm almost 60 years old. I don't know how old you are, but I have never seen anything like this at the national level. Uh, you know, the state of Ohio has uh, some vaccination requirements for kids, uh, but that's it. It was a state level issue. And there were in Ohio, at least we have exceptions for conscientious objection or religious reasons. So people weren't, you know, people who wanted to get a, a vaccine for their kids to go to school could get it. People who wanted to opt out could opt out. But we've never seen, you know, a mandate come out of the national government like this. And when you win these cases, does the harassment stop? Do they just leave them alone? Well, I, the, every one of those cases is still in litigation right now. But, you know, I mean, you bring up a good point and I'll get back to the cases. But the point is actually this. When, when people stand up and fight, like the young lady did, like the employees have done in the businesses that we've sued, and we've sued five businesses so far, including Smuckers, uh, which many people have heard of Smuckers, jams and jellies and peanut butter. They do Jif peanut butter, and I think they do Folgers coffee. But, but what happens when people stand up, it backs down the government, and it puts them back in their lane. So that school district changed its policies after this young lady won her case. Even Smuckers, you know, just because the employees stood up and brought the case, they, they were planning to impose a mandate on hourly employees. Well, they backed down from that. So, so it really saved my clients who stood up. Many of them got fired. So 19 of them got fired. But they saved 2,000 people from facing mandates. And I, I, and I give a lot of credit to those people that have the courage uh, to stand up and to not just back down. The challenge is, of course, listen, you're an attorney and you do this for a living. So for you to go to battle on behalf of your client, that's what you do. The challenge is these clients, they're not used to doing that. It's very, very stressful to be involved in litigation with discovery and depositions and so forth and the stress on their family not to mention the financial burden. And these folks shouldn't have to do that. And it makes me really angry that these tyrannical rules and our tyrannical government in many situations impose these edicts on people requiring them to now show a level of courage 
that uh, that most people don't have, um, and and to stand and fight, and it's very stressful and very difficult. And uh, I give those folks credit that are standing up, like the kids that are protesting at schools for wearing masks, like the mama bears that are not sending their kids to school and instead are choosing to homeschool. This is going all over the country. Uh, I think the one one of the key representations of that now that we're all seeing. And we're all witnessing and watching, and it's fantastic, is the Canadian truckers. My neighbor just down the street, uh, as uh, my wife and I were driving somewhere tonight, we noticed they were flying a Canadian flag, and I think that's wonderful. It's symbolic of the fight, and it's not just the fight in America. It's the fight all over the country, and, and good for them, the truckers, and we hope that American truckers will follow suit and, uh, and start doing that as well. Well, you're exactly right. Uh, the people who have stood up, the, the young lady, the students that we represent, the employees that we represent, I mean, these are incredibly brave and courageous people. And, I, you know, I always say to them, you know, I, I like what I do. You know, we're in the Super Bowl of civil, civil rights litigation right now, in essence, but I can't play in that game and I can't help these people if they're not standing up. And, you know, all credit goes to them, really, because they're the ones who are risking their livelihoods. They're risking their family stability. They're, they are leaving and risking jobs that they love. And I, I do want to point that out, too. You know, the employees that we are representing, you know, they are really some of the best employees you could have in a business because they are independent thinkers. They evaluate the evidence. They make good decisions. And these are the people that these companies want to fire. It is unbelievable. Just an example in my world, um, my, my nurse, my current nurse was a former Kaiser employee, uh, 17 years of exemplary service at Kaiser, and they fired her. And they fired her because she wouldn't comply with the vaccine mandates. Right. Um, so they didn't really care her level of service and her uh, competency. All they cared was vaccinating and uh, she stood on principle and said, no, thank you. I'm not going to do that. Uh, and they said, fine. Okay, instead, you're going to need to be tested weekly. And, uh, and she said, no, you're not going to test me either because I'm not sick. I'm well. Right. We don't test healthy people in this country. And ultimately, they said, don't let the door hit you. Now, it was Kaiser's loss and my gain uh, because right. now I've got a 17-year veteran nurse uh, who is who is like-minded and courageous. It's now working in my office and she's been with me now for five or six months. So there's an exam there's examples all over. I, I even became aware, I can't remember the name of it, but a employment app um, that is for unvaccinated people, basically patriots. Red, red balloon might be one of them. Yeah, I think that's it. I think that's it. So there's sort of a secondary um, uh, employment society, uh, that is bubbling up for people that no longer want to work for companies that are tyrannical, whether it's Smuckers or, you know, who knows what. Um, Kaiser, for example, a lot of nurses and doctors are being fired from Kaiser and they're starting their own thing and they're going to compete and they're going to outcompete and work harder. And um, it's terrible that people have to go through this, but I think there is that silver lining that it's causing people to really evaluate and to assess their own values and their own principles and to determine what's worth fighting for and what's worth standing up for. So thank you for the work that you do. By the way, how, how is your services funded? Uh, how do people pay for, for the work that you're doing? 
Before I get to that, let me point out, we have two new employees that were fired from their uh, positions. One is my new administrative assistant, Kay, and another is John, a young man who was working for a law firm in Canton, Ohio, and they were imposing a mandate there. And uh, he called me up and he said, Warner, (laughs) and I hate to say this, I didn't even know him that well, but he knew one of the attorneys here. He said, Warner, do you have any positions? I said, I don't, but uh, we'll figure it out. So we brought him in. And that's awesome. Oh well, what welcome, to, welcome to Kay and John. If you're listening in, uh, please, yeah. please spread what the podcast it? wide. These two people, I mean, I got to tell you, they're just, I mean, my staff is fantastic. We have 10, to, 10 total employees here, um, you know, uh, five other attorneys beside me, uh, including John. And they have just been, uh, they have just been wonderful. Um, I, you know, I'll tell you in terms of funding, I mean, we jumped in and we have helped uh, a number of people pro bono. Yeah. I mean, I cannot, I can only afford to do a little bit of that because, you know, we put a ton of time into this and we have managed to get a medical student to continue his studies, by the way. And we had a young doctor doing his residency in an emergency room. He'd been 18 months in that emergency room and they wanted to fire him over this when he'd been confronting COVID confronting COVID every single day. So both of them are back on track in their careers. Wonderful. You know, and, and we, we, that's, those are victories uh, in, in our battles that are very clear. So we're very happy for those two uh, young men. Um, the, uh, the funding, so the funding issue is this. I mean, you know, we have done uh, literally uh, well over $100,000 in pro bono work. Um, I can tell you uh, there is a limit to that. I'm about at that limit. But uh, we have been working with Ohio Stands Up, which is a local uh, 501c4 organization that is helping people, uh, you know, figure out how to organize, helping them raise money uh, and, and raising money independently as well. So as we, uh, you know, as we get out and talk to people like you, we, we try to let them know. And I know Jason's coming on next. Uh, but it's OhioStandsUp.org, uh, and they, you know, they've been going for about two years now, um, you know, helping people, organizing people throughout the state of Ohio, and they are also helping. Uh, you know, one of the things that we've got coming next here is that I'm working with a group of people on an Ohio constitutional amendment uh, for freedom of health, uh, so that people can refuse anything, and that it's just clearly written in the Constitution. So we have a lot of uh, continuing organizing to do and organizations like that are very helpful. Uh, Jason and Renee, who you're going to talk to, I mean, they have been wonderful. Their organization, their board of directors has been wonderful. Um, and, you know, and they're, they're going throughout the state and trying to set up uh, fundraisers for people, you know, getting people together. I mean, and that's what we need to do. We, uh, you know, the coming together that's happening among freedom-loving Americans is phenomenal. We have found ourselves, we are identifying with each other, and we have determined who does not share those same values. And those people who do not share those same values, I gotta tell you, you know, these elections coming up, they're gonna be out of office. If you can't get on board with freedom and civil rights uh, and the pursuit of happiness in this country, then, then you are going to be out of office and you should not be in power. Absolutely. So that, that effort, you know, it's, it, and I got to tell you, I mean, you, you can probably tell from my voice, I've got a lot of energy for this. And I'm very enthusiastic about what we're seeing in Ohio. I mean, the number of great people, I mean, 
thousands of great people, tens of thousands of great people that we have met in this process uh, is just phenomenal. And they are going to stay organized and they are in the fight and they understand now what the stakes have been. And I, you know, and I think that's another issue. I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but, you know, I've been fighting this leakage of boundaries with governments uh, and corporations, you know, since the 90s. This is what I do as a business. And the blowout that occurred here in the last two years has really awakened the country to the problem and the need to rein government back in and to the idea that we reserve rights as people, as a people. We have a birthright of individual civil rights. And, and we understand that that has been being whittled away now and that we're going to have to fight, we're going to have to sacrifice, but we're also going to meet great people and create great communities along the way as we, as we engage in this battle. Of course, Ohio has a reputation politically of leading the uh, conservative movement and leading the conservative battles across the country. I understand you're working with other attorneys to train them. Uh, to do a lot of what you're doing, is that right? Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to assume I'm training them. <laughs> we have a we have a group of forty attorneys now that have that have joined with us and uh, that are engaging in the battle. And I, I, the reason I say that is it is the practice of law, and uh, you know we practice it every day, uh, and that means we don't have perfection. But those attorneys have been so helpful to me personally in my cases. They're training me. They're helping to train me. Where are they and from? They're, they're, well, we have attorneys actually from all over the country as part of the group. So Washington, California, New York, North Carolina. Uh, obviously, I'm based in Ohio, so most of them are from Ohio. But we have reached out. Uh, we have reached out nationally and made some great connections nationally as well. Is there a mechanism for uh, people that are listening that they can get in touch with you or this attorney group if they need help? Well, I, we have a couple of things going on. So there is a website we spun up about a month ago called healthfreedomcouncil.com. And that's where you can find uh, an attorney to uh, help with. Uh, we have lists of attorneys there and you'll see some of the attorneys that are part of the group on there. Uh, we pulled the database from the federal courts of the attorneys that were litigating vaccine injuries and added those to it because they would obviously be sympathetic. So that's who's on that uh, website right now. We also have a public facing set of documents. So you can go to documentation and files and look at different categories of information that we have there. It's not, I wouldn't say it's terribly well organized. We got it up very quickly. Uh, but there's a lot of stuff there. There's some interesting expert reports. Uh, Peter McCullough has helped us out on some uh, with his expertise. Um, we also have uh, Stephen Petty, who's helped us. He's a industrial hygienist on the on the mask issues and the air handling equipment issues. So we have some good expert reports, which people will learn a lot from in there, and just a lot of good information about cases. And all of our stuff is shared. We are willing to share with uh, citizens on public records requests and how to deal with local governments. We're willing to share with other attorneys, all the pleadings, discovery, whatever we have, we're sharing because we know we've got to get it out there. We've got to duplicate the efforts as quickly as we can. That's wonderful. So that's helpfreedomcouncil.com. That's right. Helpfreedomcouncil.com. Council is C-O-U-N-S-E-L. C-O-U-N-S-E-L.com. Right. And that is a link to uh, a lot of the work you're doing with documents, et cetera. 
Is there also information there about exemptions, vaccine exemptions or mask exemptions? Um, there, should, there, is, there is some information there. I wouldn't say, like I said, it's not that well organized yet, but it's there. So you can dig through and find it. But we're, you know, the attorneys that are on that list will help you with those exemption requests. We've had Dr. McCullough on our podcast uh, several times. Um, so he, he has acted as an expert for you in some of these cases. Oh, yeah. He is so gracious. I'll tell you what, uh, you know, we needed some affidavits um, on the mandates. And he was, he was, he's been willing to supply two affidavits on two of our cases right now. And that kind of leads me. He's working with... Um, He's working with us on our, our cases. We have five cases against universities in Ohio. So Ohio University, University of Cincinnati, Bowling Green, Wright State, uh, and I'm dropping one here. I'm forgetting. There's one more. Uh, but we, we have, five, we have five, five university cases, and we're challenging their, uh, you know, their uh, vaccine mandates that they have. Um, and what they're doing to these students is just hor- horrific. Um, and we've had a lot of attention paid to that. Um, but, you know, we have discovered the universities are coordinating centrally through something called the Inter-University Council, which is funded and, and supported by Ohio State University. Um, and they're, they're driving these mandates. In fact, uh, this week, I've got a disciplinary hearing uh, for one of the students who, you know, they're threatening to kick him out of school because he didn't want to wear a mask. Um, so we're we're heading to a disciplinary hearing at the University of Cincinnati on Tuesday. Wow! Uh, so we'll see how that goes. But the, he, he's bringing evidence that the masks are not being worn anywhere properly through, throughout the student body. Uh, you know, they're they're hanging off their chins or below their noses, so they're not work. They don't work anyway. But you know, he's just pointing out it's not really. You know, they they pointed him out and targeted him because he went after the public records about the policies that the university uh, developed. Is the argument in this mask case that nobody's, nobody else is wearing masks properly, so he shouldn't be punished for not wearing his? Or is it that masks are ineffective? And let me show you the science behind that. It's both. Uh-huh. So all, all of the cases, that's why we have Stephen Petty on board, the industrial hygienist. Got it. Look, A, they're not effective. Uh, B, the, the policies are not being enforced in any kind of uh, reasonable way. And besides that, it's under an EUA. So you have to get informed consent from these students, which they haven't ha- gotten, you know, to do this anyway. It's a medical device that they're mandating and imposing on these kids. If there's uh, ever an opportunity that I can be of assistance uh, with these cases, uh, let me know whether it's the science behind vaccines or masking, et cetera. I'm more than happy to lend a hand. There's been a couple cases that I've weighed in on uh, where it's divorced parents and they have a disagreement about whether the children should be vaccinated. Right. And uh, it just breaks my heart that they have to go to a judge to litigate whether or not to stick a needle in a little kid's arm. Uh, it's it's a terrible situation that we're in, and it, it really shouldn't be this way. Yeah, I just saw a statistic today. Maybe you can confirm this, that you're increasing the uh, chance of death of these kids if you give them the vaccine by 5,000%. Yeah. I saw that just today and I was like, that's a big number. Um, you know, and I certainly do not want to increase, uh, I don't want my grandkids or my kids to have uh, an increased risk of any problems whatsoever. Well, Dr. McCullough is probably the leading expert on having a grasp of the scientific right. knowledge about it. And, you know, there's, there's two things. Do the vaccines do harm? And there's evidence that they do in the young. 
And then the flip side of it is the need for the vaccines, even if they were effective, because children simply are not at risk of COVID-19. The CDC's own data shows us that children have a 0% statistical risk of dying. And we're using an experimental vaccine that has no long-term safety studies. So it makes no sense to be putting that in the arms of our kids. We, we represented and have worked with a, a lot of healthcare personnel throughout Ohio, about 31,000 of them, by the way, uh, that had organized, that wanted exemptions. And, I, and in talking to these nurses, primarily nurses, but some doctors, I mean, it has been horrific. Uh, the, the number of uh, babies that have been uh, still, stillborn, uh, you know, is up tremendously in Ohio. And there's a hospital around the corner. Uh, I had a young nurse trainee who was taking dead baby bodies to the morgue um, and, and was just horrified at that. She's not even a full-blown nurse yet. And, uh, you know, that's that's the kind of thing. You know, I have a, a another one are the nurses in the cancer units. Uh, they're seeing uh, very bad outcomes for patients that have had cancer and then get the injections. And then, you know, finally, the cardiac unit at Cleveland Clinic, the nur- uh, one of the nurses from up there talked to me and was like, you know, the profile of who's coming in here now has really changed. About half of them do not fit the normal cardiac profile, you know, in terms of BMI, age, uh, you know, behaviors such as smoking. You know, they're coming in. These are young men, a lot of them, and they've got cardiac problems. And now it's about 50% of our work. So I, it's just... You know, it's evil is what it is. I mean, that's been clear to me for a long time. I never thought I'd be confronting evil at this level. I've obviously represented all kinds of people in my practice, including some criminals. But there's no criminal that has been as evil as what I've seen our government do here with these mandates and particularly with targeting children. No question. And before we went on air, of course, you showed us a picture of your new grandbaby. And in no small part, the work that you're doing now and other attorneys and freedom fighters across the country and the world for that matter is really fighting for the future freedom of your grandkids Uh, because if we lose this battle and we have these mandates that uh, are in place and we're no longer able to remove them that really puts your grandbabies at risk as they get older and they face school and various mandates etc so i admire the work that you're doing you know mark and i Uh, have discovered that our podcast is heard not just here in the United States, but around the world and uh, as far as uh, Australia and all over Europe. So what what would you say to these freedom-loving people around the world that are listening in uh, and they hear you and I having a conversation about the tyranny and the battles here in the United States? What's your message to them? Look, Everybody needs to do everything they can. And, and I understand all the issues with people's lives and work and, and, and whatever's going on in your life. Don't, don't worry about having to do, you know, all this stuff. Just do what you can. If everybody does what they can do, then that's actually all you can do. And be, and be okay with it because I'll tell you what. It's the, sometimes it's the smallest things that make a huge difference. Like the young lady who got a charge for violating quarantine. Oh my God, that went all over the state of Ohio. People learned about her. People were infuriated about that and people got organized. So her, she didn't have time to go to court. She didn't have money to go to court. You know, she's just trying to survive. Absolutely. But her story meant so much to so many people. And I think it really gave people a lot of, uh, 
you know, will to do something. And, 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 it, and it helped people understand that something's really wrong here. Yeah. And, and so every single story, no matter, you may think that what you're doing doesn't matter much. It does. Whatever you are doing matters. It matters right now. Freedom Fighting Attorney Warner Mendenhall uh, website, helpfreedomcouncil.com, helpfreedomcouncil.com. It's been an honor having you on Informed Dissent. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your story. And hopefully we can do this again and uh, hear more about your successes. I want to ask you a favor. We, sure. are, we have a uh, blog that I've had up since the fall called covidlawcast.com, where we update people on the legal fights and the legal issues. It just it's just a blog, but we're starting. We're going to start having as well a podcast. So I'd like to, if you would be willing, I'd love to have you. Of on. course, I'd be I'd be honored. I'd be honored. So thanks so much, and hopefully we'll talk again soon and hear more about the great work you're doing and and continue the connection and spread liberty and freedom across the United States. Oh, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here tonight. You've been listening to Informed Dissent with Dr. Jeff Barkey board-certified primary care physician, and Dr. Mark McDonald, board-certified child, adolescent, and adult psychiatrist, informed dissent, the intersection of healthcare and politics.